the title is Untouchable Joy. Untouchable Joy. And we'll be reading from uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And a passage you'll be really familiar with. The Beatitudes in Matthew 5. So if you want to turn your Bibles there to Matthew chapter 5. And we'll jump straight in. Pick up in verse 1. It says, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And we'll stop there. Blessed. It's a term that that everyone, whether you're religious or not, whether you go to church or not, you have a, some sort of idea of this term. You've heard it used in probably lots of different ways. Um, and generally when we think of blessed, we kind of think of all sorts of different things, but generally kind of like when things are going great in life. That's, oh my life, God's just blessing me so much right now. Bless me with a nice car, a nice house, a nice holiday, whatever it may be. And that's generally how we think of blessings. And But the question is, okay, what what does Jesus mean when he talks about blessed? What does Jesus mean? And and yeah, it's it's like happy or joyful, but it's even a little more than just being happy or joyful. It would would generally be used to describe the joy of God. So generally it would only be linked to God's joy, the joy that he feels. And so here Jesus is saying that, that we can actually experience that. That untouchable joy. Joy that, that isn't, isn't affected by anything of this world. That's kind of amazing, isn't it? That a joy and happiness that no matter what the circumstances will go untouched. The economy can't touch it. The weather can't touch it. Theresa May stepping down, that can't touch it. Whether you're sad or... I don't know what... uh, We're not going to get into that. But that can't touch it. Political instability can't touch it. What about Brexit? Brexit, mate, no. Brexit can't touch it. Nothing. Nothing can touch the joy of God. And Jesus says, you can have this. Untouchable joy. And so we're just going to go through these and... And see the ideas that Jesus lays and see how we can have this untouchable joy. Because that's how we're really going to build God's kingdom here in Birmingham. Is Because when you have untouchable joy, you can have a single focus. Because you're not getting distracted by everything else. We can just fix our eyes on Jesus and try our best to do His will. Um, so, the first one is, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Which is an unusual one. A few of these are unusual. A few of these don't make sense when you first read them. 
And you're going to kind of think, okay, wait, blessed are the poor. Normally, rich means blessing and poor means disaster. And you think, okay, well, I'll take a spiritual outlook. I guess poor in material things and then I'll be rich in spirit. It's not even saying that either. It actually says poor in spirit. And you think, but shouldn't we be rich spiritually? But no, blessed are you when you're poor in spirit. When you almost have no spirit. And, and it's kind of, I think this idea might help to, to illustrate the idea. It's kind of, if, you, if you're poor of food. Well, let's just say this morning you didn't have time to grab breakfast. What are you thinking about right now? Food. In fact, when the communion went around, you're probably tempted to take a handful. (laughs) Or you see me and and you don't see a a person, you see a bit of food. You're you're thinking, when when you're hungry for food, that's what you think about. And in fact, it's sometimes so distracting, you can't work until you get some food. And it's kind of also like with oxygen. I, I... Back when in Australia, I used to surf quite a bit. And, and sometimes you would get hit by a wave, you'd be pushed under, and it was the weirdest feeling. You, you'd be under the water getting sort of smashed around, and you're trying to get air. And so you're struggling to get back up, and it's the weirdest feeling because this water is coming down, stopping you. It's kind of like someone's holding you down. And it's a really scary moment, and, and our bodies have a natural reflex that when eventually it just lets in air, even if there isn't any. Which if you're under the water, it'll be a whole bunch of water. And, and that, why? Because when the body is craving air, that, that's all it goes after. When the body's poor of air, it, it craves air. And so if, if you woke up this morning poor in spirit, what are you going to be thinking about? Man, I need God. You'd be, you'd be craving it. I, I, I need God to work in my life. If you're hungry to find something spiritual, you want to know more about God. You are hungry, you are eager. Yeah, I, sadly, so often, especially once you become a Christian, sometimes even before, um, and as you've been a Christian for maybe a little bit, you start to kind of think, no, I'm kind of rich spirit, spiritually. I've kind of figured things out. I, I've read the whole Bible. And you kind of think, well, I'm actually doing okay. And, and when we're, we think we're rich spiritually, we are not going to crave God and His Word. So we need to be poor in spirit. Poor in spirit. Not this, this rich... Oh, Matthew 5? I've heard that before. Oh, the Beatitudes? Oh, I've memorized those. And maybe you're sitting there sort of... Nah. Not taking any notes, like uh, sermons. I just don't get any out of the, anything out of them anymore. Bible talks, midweeks, uh, just I don't get anything from it. That's a scary spot to be. We need to crave God's word. We need to have this attitude that man, I know I'm poor spiritually, and I need God. No matter how long you've been a Christian for, we need to crave God and His Word. Blessed, filled with this untouchable joy, is a Christian who wakes up thinking, 
I'm poor in spirit today. And I'm going to fill up on God. Church, let's have that attitude. And second of all, the second part that he says, he says, Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn. And once again, it kind of doesn't make sense on the surface. You kind of think, no, when you see someone crying, you don't feel, ex- I don't know, it's an open. It's kind of like this moment. Sort of oh, surely not. Just crying, and you just, you just feel like, oh my goodness. Poor thing. And it's like, it's very like, I don't know, it makes, obviously, some people are heartless and think, yeah, but, but it kind of, it's disarming. You're like, oh, poor thing. But you, everyone who, ah, was like, oh, she really gave her all. She really, like, she, I don't know, whatever our views are, yeah, she really, she tried her best. And you just, you can't help feel sorry. But, but yet, in our pride, so often we don't want to be like that. No, I'm not, I don't really care. I didn't want to be Prime Minister anyways. No, I'm okay. I don't need any help. But no, but this says here, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Have you ever found yourself trying to be something that you just aren't? Where, where you keep trying to be something and you just don't quite meet it. You tell people, hey, I'm doing great. Things are going great. When, when actually inside, kind of everything's kind of falling apart. And, and, and we're not fine. And we can all relate because we've all been there or are there. And But, but Jesus says here, no, it's so much better to just be real with where you're at. Blessed are those who mourn. If you want to cry, you can cry. You'll be comforted. No matter, no matter who you are, you don't have to hide what's going on. And, and I think that's such a freeing thing. I know when I became a Christian, I was 17. Before that, I was in high school. And, and again, I was, I was into surfing. And so I was with a group of guys who surfed. And they were my friends. Um, but you had to be a certain way to be in that group. You had to talk a certain way, dress a certain way. Um, you had to do certain... And it, there wasn't really any real friendship. We're all kind of hiding what was really going on inside. No one's ever sort of helping each other. And, and it was such fake relationships for me. And so coming into the church is like, whoa, actually we can talk about what's going on. And actually, and because and I was in the team ministry, and actually, you know what? I don't just have to act like a, a good person who goes to church. I can be real and say, actually, I don't feel like being here right now and, and I need help. How, how freeing is that? But when we get there, that's an untouchable joy. Jesus says, so filled with joy is a person who can be real about who he really is, who can mourn when they need. And I love that about the church. That These relationships, you don't get these anywhere else. Yeah, we're a mess. Yeah, we hurt each other. But, but you don't get that anywhere else. These relationships where we actually do care about what's going on in each other's lives. That is so freeing. And you kind of think, man, I think as I go on, so I've been a Christian for 10 years now, and, and you kind of think, okay, as I go along, things should get easier, I should get better at all this stuff, and I'll have to be real less and less. Or, or not that I'll have to be real less and less, but there'll be less of these bad things to be real about, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, but no. Actually, it's kind of like, no, man, wow, I need to get real about some stuff that I've gotten real about 10 years ago. 
and, and we can't let how long we've been a Christian for or whatever we think to, to stop us from just letting God in. Blessed are those who mourn, who show what is really going on in their life, for they will be comforted. Amen? Third one, blessed are the meek. Blessed are the meek. It says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And sometimes we think meek, and we think meek is, is weak. But by meek actually just means strength or power under submission. Under submission to some greater power. And horses are like a common example of this. You may have even heard this before. But but you have a wild horse, and sure they have like a lot of power and... And well, this isn't a wild horse, this is a horse during training. There's actually a prison where they get inmates to train horses. Wow. Anyway. But but they're training this wild horse, and a wild horse has so much power, but it's it's just uncontrollable. Versus a, a horse that that gets trained. And and actually, you may think, yeah, but it's not free as a wild. But it can do so much more when it has direction for that power and strength. When it's being trained how to focus that direction and power. Happy is happy, joyful is the person who is submitted to God. The person who loves to do it God's way. Not his own way. Not oh hey, hey, look at me. No, like I, I've got the bet. No, no, no. Under God's direction. And you just imagine, imagine if if you know we got all the top ten sort of musicians from around the UK. I don't know who they'd be. Who would they be? Ed Sheeran, Adele, Adele Stormzy, I don't know. I don't know, I'm not sure. You got the 10 best musicians and we said, hey, we want you to come to church. And, well, not to come to church, we're going to have a music event. And we want you to come and we all want you to play your, your favourite song. But you're going to play it all at the same time. How would that sound? It would sound terrible. You wouldn't want it. And in fact, I think it'd be better if we got maybe 10 of the teens, gave them a violin, gave them a clarinet, gave them mud and all the different things, and said, hey, we just want you to practice under this teacher for two months. You're going to have a conductor, and in two months' time, you're going to play us a song. That would be better than the 10 musicians playing all their own song. 100%. Yeah, they're playing their own instruments, but they're playing together. And yeah, they'll make some mistakes, but, but they're playing together, so one fills in when the other makes a mistake. And bless, blessed are the meek. Those who say, no, I don't have to do it my own way. It's that famous song, he, I did it my way, I think it was Frank Sinatra or something. Yeah. No, that's actually not what God says. He says, no, blessed are the meek, those who submit to God and say, let's do it together. Not just doing my own thing, but doing it the way God wants us to do. Because you see, too often, all of us struggle with this. We, we all want to do it our way. Yeah. Eh, I've got some better ideas. Amen. Maybe. But when we all do that, what a mess this can become. Yet imagine 120 people all deciding, you know what? Amen. I'm going to put self aside. Let's work together. Let's, let's submit to God's will. And let's see what God does. Imagine a church that did that. How amazing that would really be. Would it not? Yeah. 
And maybe, maybe we just need to try it and we'll actually see. Mm-hmm. Blessed are the meek. Filled with untouchable joy are the meek. For they will inherit the kingdom of God. Church, again, I'm here for two more weeks and I just think, man, there, there are millions of people around Birmingham in the West Midlands and they, they need this group right here. You may think, really? Just call our issues. They need this group right here. Not because of us, but because of this. And we need to put self aside and say, there is a bigger plan here at stake. God's will. Let's work together to help people know Him. And, and there's another interesting fact about horses as well that, and some of you may have heard this one, one horse can pull roughly a 1,000 kilos. And so you think, okay, two horses, 2,000 kilos. But in fact, apparently, two horses can pull 5,000 kilos. It's that sort of weird multiplication right there. But again, just this imagery of, of when we work together. And I've just been encouraged, I've been encouraged as, as this church has grown in unity, We've still got a way to go. We've, we'll always be working on that. But even just throughout the whole UK, and because and, obviously we get to go to different staff meetings and different events and stuff like that, and, and obviously we have UK-wide events. We have the UK conference coming up. It's been encouraging to see unity grow between churches as well. The Northern UK Men's Retreat was a great time. Oh, yeah. The Northern UK Women's Retreat last year, I heard, was a great time. Oh, yeah. A little fancier than the men's retreat, I heard as well. But anyway, and, and just and just seeing churches start to help people travel from different churches to to build relationships—that is such a positive thing. And we need to make every effort to keep building that. That UK conference, make every effort to be there. I won't be there, so what? No skin on my back. It'll help you. It'll help this church. It'll help the churches in the UK. Yeah, it'll be a sacrifice, but it's us working together. Blessed are the meek, those under God's direction. For they will be filled with untouchable joy. The fourth one. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And and really, we should just all be very thankful right now that, that this isn't blessed are those who are righteous, but blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because we are on our own righteous. Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And I, I'm not a good singer. Um, those, those of you who were at um, the Edge Student Ministry House Church Colour Week back can testify to that. But you know what? You know what? I don't care. Because my skill is down here, but my passion is up here. I love to sing. And and especially in the car. When I've got my greatest showman soundtrack, Pump Him. Have you guys heard From Now On? That song, that's a sick song. I kind of want to get in and remix it and make it into a church song because it's epic. If I had music talent, I would do that. But you see, again, my passion and my skill, they're not connected. And it meant for that. But it should be the same with our spiritual life. That you know what? Our perfection is way down here. We're going to fall short all the time. But that shouldn't affect our passion for God. That shouldn't affect our thirst and hunger for God. But 
But Satan wants it to. He wants to get in your ear and say, yeah, you, you're no good. What do you mean? You, you messed up in impurity. You messed up in laziness. You missed your quiet time. You didn't share your faith. And instead of us saying, amen, I'm still going to be passionate for God and move forward, he wants to say, no, no, don't be a, maybe you're being a hypocrite trying to be passionate. Just come down here. And Jesus says, no. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, who have this passion to be like God, no matter how far they, sh- they fall short. Blessed, filled with perfect joy is the Christian who hungers and thirsts for righteousness, who decides no matter what, no matter if I fall, I'm, I'm going to stay hungry, I'm going to get back up. And I think it can be tricky as... As, again, I'm not that old of a Christian, but I think it'd be tricky as you get older as a Christian, and and um, and I think this kind of maybe where the older Christians need to be careful at times because as you go through life, um, things start to jade us a little bit, and we we begin to sort of think, well, yeah, I used to, I used to be kind of like that, but not anymore, and we see maybe someone who's a young Christian, and we think. Just wait a little bit longer. You, you'll be like me soon. Just wait. You'll know why I'm like the way I am. No. That, that should not be our thought. Amen. I'm not talking about being fake. I'm talking about hungering and thirsting for God's righteousness. For a passion to be close to God and to do great things for God. And we need to encourage that in one another. We need to encourage that. And church, right now, we can actually make a decision. No matter what's going on right now, you can make a decision to have that same joy and passion for God that you had the moment you came out of the waters of baptism. You can make that decision right now. You really can. And that's the decision you need to make. That no, it's it's not going to drop. In fact, maybe it should be getting even more as I realize how much God has given me. Filled with an untouchable joy is the person who thirsts and hunger for righteousness. And the fifth one is, blessed are the merciful. Oh, that's me singing in the car. That's not me, but... (laughs) Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And we hear this and we think, that makes sense. I get that one. Because we all like the idea of mercy and forgiveness, don't we? Mm-hmm. Everyone loves that. Yeah. And there's an interesting quote by C.S. Lewis. It says, Everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until he has something to forgive. Yeah. Isn't that so true? <laughs> Especially if, if you've been faced with something recently where it's just... Ugh, and you're really struggling to forgive. Again, it, it all sounds nice until you're in that moment. We're like, but ah, this person isn't even sorry. Person's not even changing. And amen. This isn't talking about how to deal with sin. This is talking about forgiveness in our hearts and mercy in our hearts towards one another. So we need to deal with sin the way the Bible talks about dealing with sin. But we need to forgive one another regardless. Because when you have done that, regardless of what a person's done to you or anything like that, that really is untouchable joy, isn't it? That's freedom right there. And you think, okay, but how? How do we get that? How do you, 
How do you have that forgiveness, that mercy? And, and really, I really think it's, it's strongly linked to our relationship with God. How we see our relationship with God. How our time in the morning is spent with God. Because if, if you enter your quiet times and you leave kind of just hearing, ah, oh, you, you fell short in this way, you, you suck at that, you're an idiot, why try? You know, you keep, you can't, you'll never change. If you, when you hear all those things from God and His Word, and you think, ah, oh, there's, there's no hope, you'll, you'll reflect that onto others. And we'll treat other people that way as well. But if you come to God's Word and you see, man, okay, man, I, this is no excuse for me not to repent, but God loves me. God actually loves me before I repent. Now, the forgiveness part is everything, but the forgiveness of our sins is everything, but, but He loves us no matter what. No matter, the, no matter what we could be, what we should be, what we would be, He loves us. And, and we need to have that same love for one another. No matter what. Again, I'm not talking about not dealing with sin the way the Bible says. But we need to forgive one another and show mercy to one another regardless. Because, oh, we have been forgiven so much. So let's fill up on God. Because He truly loves us. Are there some hurts that, that you, you have that, that you think, man, yeah, I need to forgive? Go after that. Go after that. This world needs more great examples of mercy and forgiveness. Let's be that for each other and we will experience an untouchable joy. And then moving on to the uh, last one here. Not the last one, second last one. Blessed are the pure in heart. Now this isn't just talking about uh, like sexual purity or something like that. This is talking about an, an undivided heart. A heart that is pure. Like pure water. No defect, nothing. This uncontaminated love. This heart that is, that is completely sold out for God. And now I've been married for almost five years now. And we did pre-marriage counselling with the Vassells back when we were in Sydney. And, um, and you do like... When you do pre-marriage counselling, for those of you who don't know, you do like an expectations sort of run. Like, what are your expectations for the marriage? What are yours? And you share and you're like, oh my goodness, what? <laughs> no, it's always good. No. It can sometimes be a shock sometimes. But you work through it. But imagine. Imagine if. I said, well look Tia, one of my expectations is that once a year, I get to go on a date with another woman. No. Is this some sort of joke? Okay, well look. What? Maybe just once every ten years. What be like all, all the one day out of ten years, three thousand six hundred fifty days, just one day? No. Well, what, what about between now and the time we die just once? No! Why? why? Because when, when, we're, when we get married, we're committing to each other. And no, there can be no one else that comes into that relationship. It's you and me forever. And, and no, we're not going to contaminate that love. No, we won't be perfect. We'll make mistakes. We'll stumble. We'll falter. But it's you and me. And... 
And spiritually, it needs to be the exact same way. That when you got baptized and you said, Jesus is Lord, that meant something. It wasn't just a little catchphrase. That meant something. That, that he, he would have your undivided love. That no one else would take that spot. And, and amen, we stumble in that, that area, don't we? But the whole point is saying, no, 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 I'm getting back there. I'm not going to put in the towel now. I'm getting back to that love. I'm getting back to that love. Because God needs to be above everything and anyone else in our life. And this may be a bit of a shock for some, but He needs to be above your wife or your husband. He needs to be above your children or your brothers or your sisters. He needs to be above your best friend, above everything, above yourself. That That's the place God wants. And we need to say, I, I need to have a pure heart like that. And let me keep going for that. Blessed are the pure in heart. Yeah, I'll mess up, but I'm never going to give up. It goes on and it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And what what do you see in this picture? Just blur, right? And then, that's kind of me without... I wear contacts. You may not know that. I normally used to wear glasses, but I wear contacts all the time. That would be me without contacts, basically. I'm like negative three or something like that, if that means anything to you guys. And then you put on glasses and all of a sudden, boom, everything comes into focus. Except this guy at the front here. Ignore him. Everything comes into focus. It's clear. It's better. And you see, when, when you have a pure heart, you see God. You see God clearly. When your heart is impure, it, it's hard to see God. It's like driving without glasses on. It's just, you're squinting. You're kind of like, where do I go? What's that street sign? What direction do I take? How do I get to the end destination? And things get blurry when God isn't number one in our life. When our heart isn't devoted to God. When things are battling for for that first place in our heart. Things become blurry. They're not black and white as they once were for us. Especially to do with like God's will for our life. Think, well, maybe I will take that job up in the mountains of Snowdonia. <laughs> There's not really a church of disciples there, but I, I should be able to come once a month, hopefully. That's not too bad. Oh, maybe I will date or marry that person who isn't a disciple of Jesus. What once was so clear all of a sudden becomes blurry, doesn't it? And ask yourself, is there something more important to you right now than God? Is God's will all blurry for you? That's a good indicator. That that God hasn't got first place. Well, church, it's it's time to to redevote your heart to Him. And if you're, if you're today, if you're seeking God, if you're studying the Bible right now, but you're not sure if, if you should become a disciple, kind of in that wrestling state of, oh, I don't know if I should do it, you're hesitant, it's all a little blurry, all you have to do is figure out, okay, what, what is more important to you than God right now? Take that out of the picture, take that down, and I promise it'll become crystal clear. All you have to do is figure out what is more important to you right now. Take that out and it will become crystal clear. 
Filled with an untouchable joy are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Amen? The last one, we're almost done, is blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. And now this isn't talking about, let's just say, uh, Keith and, and... Jamie Fell. Let's just say they get into an argument about which is the better football team. West Brom or Aston Villa. That would never happen, surely. Because it's obvious, Aston Villa. No, I'm just... Just joking. Shouldn't have started it. But this isn't talking about like, oh, we need to get like Tim Francis to now mediate between the two. This isn't really talking necessarily about that. It's a lot more than just that. This is talking about something more like this that, that you, you're you're walking through the desert, well, the, not the desert, the Sahara, <laughs> the African jungle, and you come face to face with this thing. Right. You need a peacemaker. Yeah. You need someone who can get in the way, distract, do whatever it takes to to save you right now. You're not going to outrun that thing. It's it's too late unless someone can come in and save the day. And Jesus was that ultimate peacemaker. He got in between us and God and and He made peace. He saved us. And it says, filled with joy is the group of people who who decide to be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Who decide to get in between people and, and, and help people get reconciled to God. That there's a there's a, an untouchable joy when we're helping others get to know Him. And if you've, if you've done that recently, if you've been in a Bible study recently, you know that feeling of seeing the Bible change someone's life. And seeing them sort of just come with, to terms and, and complete mind change. You're like, whoa, this thing is powerful. Blessed are the peacemakers. That, that is our mission. And there's a cool story about a brother um, that I heard of. His name's Andre. And he was, he's in the church and uh, there was a sister also in the church who said, look, his mother wasn't a disciple or anything. She said, oh, look, I'd, I'd love to study the Bible with your mom. Can I do that? And, and he was like, go for a try. And she was like, look, not interested. You can, you can come to my house and read and I guess I'll listen maybe. And so she did. She went there, she'd be reading, she was reading through. I think she probably went through the study series just reading all the verses. And, and then after two weeks, she said... Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll actually will study the Bible. She studied the Bible, and I don't know how long after, but shortly thereafter, became a disciple, got baptized. Amen. And uh, then, about three weeks later, no one knew she was ill. She she had a stroke. She fell into a coma and was in hospital. And she was in hospital, and, and I'm not sure exactly how long for, but she was in hospital, and her family would be going to see her. She wasn't waking up. Her family had left for the night. And, and all of a sudden, she kind of woke up from the coma. She woke up, obviously not knowing where she was, kind of like, oh my goodness, what is going on? God, is, are you here? Like, where? And, and she, she looked over to the person next to her in the bed, and the person in the bed looked at her, and, and she said, you need to get your life right with God. You need to study the Bible. And then apparently they, they chatted for maybe another hour or so, and she went back into her coma, the family came back, said, hey, what? How? She, 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 she woke. She, she spoke. What did she say? 
Well, um, <laughs> then I need to get my life right with God and study the Bible. And she did, and she became a disciple. Even in the faith, and, and the mother ended up passing away, I think maybe a month later. And, and you think, oh my goodness, what a crazy circumstance, but, but that's God. God works through the craziest of things. And when I heard that story, I was just blown away. By, oh my goodness, how amazing is our God. That, that this woman kind of woke up from a coma, and, and what was her first thought? I need to be a peacemaker. I don't know how long I've got to live. I'm going to reach out to the person sitting right next to me. You can't run away. And, and that's the heart we need to have. That no matter what happens, no matter where we are, we want to be peacemakers. We want to help other people get to know God. Because it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And you think about it, we're sons and daughters of God. And now back in the day, if you were a son or a, back in the day, day generally be the men who would work, but um, if, you were, if your father was a carpenter, you would become a carpenter. If your father was a blacksmith, you'd become a blacksmith, a jewelry, so on and so forth. Now, if a father who was a carpenter, his son became a blacksmith, people all of a sudden start thinking, that's weird. Mustn't have spent much time with your father. Well, you're obviously all the time with a blacksmith learning that. And the same is true for us. That, that if, if our heart isn't, I need to be a peacemaker. Helping people be reconciled with God. The question is, are we spending time with our Father? Because that is, that is His heart all throughout the Scriptures. And we need to go after having that heart. We're peacemakers. We need to never give up on that. And, and now... I've been on quite a few flights. Back in Sydney, I used to fly quite a lot for work, just generally for the day. Um, but sometimes I've gone through... So there have been these really tiny planes. It'd be like you couldn't actually stand up in it. It had maybe like 20 seats and the little propellers. And we'd fly over this mountain range and it would always be really rocky. Um, and anyways, one of the flights was so bad that they literally... The flight attendant sat down the whole entire time. They didn't bring out food, didn't bring out beverages. It was getting dark. It was... It was bad. Mm-hmm. And it, it was that sort of, you know, everyone just holding on, like, come on, when will this plane flight end? Mm-hmm. And, and you can imagine, imagine if all of a sudden the, the pilot jumps on the little speaker and he says, hey guys, um, this, this is kind of not really what I expected from the flight. Mm-hmm. It's a lot bumpier than I thought. It, I, I, I was expecting a snack halfway through. I, I don't know if I didn't sign up for this. I'm sorry, you have to find someone else to find fly the plane. What, what would people say? No, uh, you're going to get back in there and fly the plane. I don't care. No one else can fly here. Get back in there. And I think sometimes as we go through our spiritual lives, we have so many ups and downs. We think this is what I signed up for. Oh my goodness, family, health heartache, sin, whatever it may be, and we think, I, I kind of just want to give up. I can't go on any longer. And we need to realize, n- no. We need to finish the journey. People are counting on you. People here in this room, people out there, 
People are counting on you to be peacemakers. You, you can never give up. Why? Because blessed are the peacemakers. If, if you're focused on being a peacemaker, you will experience untouchable joy. Church, we, we, are, we are the peacemakers for Birmingham right here. There are millions of people and, and, and we need to get out there and help people know God. And we need to never give up doing that. And again, if you're going through a hard time, hang in there, read these verses. Make it a decision to change your mind, to go after this untouchable joy. That you can walk out of here today with joy, no matter what's happening. Pour in spirit. Amen. Just decide that you're going to crave God's Word. Just be poor in spirit. Don't think you're all full. Don't think you know everything. Mourn. Okay, let's just be real with who we really are. Meek, let's just submit to God's plan. Let Him direct our lives. Let's work together as we do that. Let's show mercy and forgiveness to one another and experience that joy and freedom that comes from that. Let's be pure in heart so we can see God clearly. And let's be peacemakers to a city that so badly needs it. And we will experience untouchable joy. Amen.